0: My name is Jeremy, along with my wife. We just have the honor of pastoring this great church. If you're new with us, give me a clap and welcome you today. Thanks for checking us out. Thanks for being here today. With us, if you uh, go ahead, fill out a connect card, and like I said, we have a hassle-free guarantee. We won't hunt you down. We'll just send you a quick email. And so make sure you fill out that card, but also we're going to get $5 on your behalf to Feed One. My wife will tell more about that. Um, I want to share real quick, if I can, about our trip that we just got back yesterday uh, and us uh, the Dream Center. Project in Colorado City, and I want you to know it's a former cult leader, Warren Jeffs. It was his his palace, his mansion, and uh, in 2007 he uh, he got thrown into prison. He's now in, in prison for tw- uh, for uh, uh, for 20 years plus life. And uh, just the horrendous things that he, he did and has done. and uh, But how many know, and you saw that scripture, whatever the devil intends for evil, God turns it around for good. And so now the Christian organization called the Dream Center owns that home, and uh, they're renovating rooms. And so these are uh, uh, women or wives. He had over how many wives? Had? 80 wives. And uh, they were just, I mean, just the, the stories they told us uh, were heart-wrenching. I mean, we were just crying on a tour, and uh, and so these are rooms that were once uh, used by wives and children, and uh, and so now they have all dispersed. But now they're coming back because now that home or that mansion is now a rehabilitation center. They're rehabbing people. They're bringing life. They're bringing the gospel message of Jesus Christ into these rooms. And so I want you to see uh, the room before. And so if they got put up on the back. There's a room before. It had just. Uh, nasty green carpet, nothing but white and bunk beds. These were adults living in here, uh, women that were in here. And to me, this doesn't look like a home. This looks like a prison. And so these is what these rooms look like. And our amazing team of 35 uh, uh, A-teamers, we came in on Friday. Friday we showed up, we gutted the rooms, and now I want you to see we did four Room. Show the bathroom real quick too. The older bathroom. Not go back. Oh, oh, we got trigger finger back there. And so there's the bathroom. And so our our people. We came in. We were the only group to do four rooms in two days. Four rooms in two days. Huh? How many? You don't know my A team? Come on, somebody, right? Four rooms in 26, seven hours. We did four <laughs> rooms, right? Like, I can't even stand. And uh, and so I'm just so proud of our team. Uh, we came in. We loved on it, on these four rooms. But also, we were the quickest. Um, we, we had uh, a large amount that came. But they also said we have never seen a group work so well together. So well together. And so I want you to see those are before. Here's room number one. This is the men's room. Pop it up. Look at that. That's room number one. And how many know that looks like a home, right? That looks like a place where I can find hope and I can find healing. And so here's the next room. Room uh, number two is another men's room. And look at that. My wife still loves that cow, right? She's got that cow picture. And so these are the two men's rooms that are downstairs. And then upstairs, here is is I'll show bathroom. Here's the men's bathroom real quick. And uh, we wanted to do so much more, but we did vanities. And every bathroom had these mirror vanities in there. And I love what someone said about our A team. I mean, these these are individuals that lived in these homes. They were even stuck in these homes, and once they got out, they're now coming back. They're now coming back to a whole different scenario, a whole different uh, 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 you know atmosphere. And how I many it's the Holy Spirit? But we said, you know what? We're going to take out all these mirrors, and we put up brand new mirrors because you might be in the same bathroom, but you're looking at a different reflection. Isn't that powerful? And so we did that. Here's a, a little girl's room upstairs, room number three. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful. So that's amazing. And then here's room number four. Check out room number four. And uh, it's a beautiful room. Our team did a phenomenal job. New carpet, new baseboards, paint, 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 a lot of painting. And uh, phenomenal job. We assembled furniture in like three hours, you know. And uh, phenomenal, phenomenal job. And this room right here was actually the 63rd wife's room. And so they're going to invite her back so she can see her old room and give us a report on that. And so it got amazing. It got incredible. And uh, it's just incredible what he's done. If you were unable to come, I want you to know your generosity went with us. And we just blessed them beyond their, I mean, they were just blown away. We had, uh, they had workers there that walked in with, this is my room. Yeah, you know I mean, like, uh, they were just, I'm so, and so I'm so proud of the 34 that came. So give it, give it up for our A team for giving two days or a Saturday driving up. Uh, driving three hours, and uh, it's powerful. I want you to see—literally, uh, we were we were in a house that was once that once harbored evil, yes. and now God turned around for hope and healing. Amen. And how many know what God can do in our lives? In our lives, we have people in the community go, "I never thought that would ever happen." But how many know all things are possible through Christ Jesus? So can we give God a shout of praise today? Come on! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we're in a series called Relationship Goals, all right? Turn to your neighbor and say goals, all right? Relationship Goals, and uh, we're in week three of Relationship Goals. Make sure you uh, watch on YouTube or podcast or SoundCloud, uh, Pastor Lindsey's message last week on being secure. I call it single secure, but it works for any any status, uh, a relationship. Um, next week, I want to give you a heads up. Next week, we're going to be water baptizing, and so we're going to have a water baptism party. It's going to be amazing, but I also want you to know that uh, next week, I'm going to be talking about... Sex, The S word, right? Sex. And some of you guys, I just see some men finally look up from your phones, all right? You're like, sex. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is there an offering? Yeah, I mean, like, it's sex. I'm talking about next week. But I want you to know, it may not be appropriate for our elementary age kids. And so if you got kids with you next week, I encourage you to check them into our amazing Avenue Kids uh, environments, first through fifth, two and three, nursery, all that. And we'll check them in. And But I promise you, I'm not going to be vulgar. I promise you, I'm not going to embarrass or shock and awe, but it's going to be a great, healthy conversation. If you got teenagers, I'll see you in here next week. Come on, somebody. and uh, But it's going to be a great conversation. So next week is going to be a sex uh, a talk conversation. Uh, the week after that, bring it back to relationship pyramid. Some of you guys know what that is. And I'm going to do another message called relationship status. Relationship status. So how many know we're going hard in relationship goals Today I want to quick start out with, and there's no timer here. I normally have a timer here that tells me how much time I have. It's at zero right now, so baby, we got all afternoon. Come on. I want to share with me my relationship goal, and just a couple weeks ago, I got to see my relationship relationship goal again. And that was in Sun City West in Phoenix, Arizona. I got to see my grandpa, my, uh, my grandfather, my grandfather and my grandmother in uh, Sun City. We had to run down there quick. My dad has some health issues. And, uh, and so he's doing much, much better now. But my grandfather, he is, uh, I looked just down, he is 87 years old. He and my grandma are both 80, she's 86, about to have a birthday. They're both going to be 87 years old. And here's my relationship goal. They've been married for 67 years. Not amazing, 67 years. Now, uh, uh, my family, that's my mom's side. My dad's side, it's divorce after divorce. My parents got divorced. And so even before I met Lindsay, I was a little afraid of getting married. Will, will I have a divorce? Will I carry that into my relationship? Is it inevitable? Because my grandfather, my great-grandfather, I mean, we just have this history of divorce. But then look at my grandfather and my grandma. Been married 67 years. That's the hashtag goals, right? some relationship goals. I once asked him on his 60th birthday, I said, Grandpa, you've been married 60 years. Like, that's unheard of. Uh, what's your secret? What's your secret to a long-lasting uh, marriage? And he said, uh, we grew up in an era where, I mean, th- think about this. When he married my grandfather, when he, asked to, when, he, when he asked my grandmother to marry him, he had to sell a pig to buy a ring, all right? That's like, we're, like, we're going back a few eras, yeah. And uh, he said, we grew up in an era but if something was broken, you didn't throw it away, you fixed it. You fixed it. You didn't just quit and throw it away. And I said, so Grandpa, how'd you fix Grandma? You know, and he's a humorous guy. And he said, well, number two is if, 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 if Mama ain't happy, a." Hey, Nobody happy, you know? And, uh, but man, it was just amazing to see because for them, Jesus is the center of their relationship. Jesus is the center of a relationship. So that's my relationship goals. Even when we were down there, my wife, uh, we brought my, my, my wife, came and my son, who's A, came. He's really into football. And so my wife and I went into the backyard, and the backyard faces a golf course. And in that golf course, they were playing football. Real quick in Phoenix, this is like Sun City, all right it's like golf carts everywhere, you know, and and so they're playing football, and there's this one house, their backyard faces where they were on the golf course, and they were away from the tee box, they didn't hurt nobody and this woman uh, this, this woman threw a screen, we couldn't see her, but she said, "Um, excuse me, is that your property?" And my wife was like. Uh, no, um, you know we're just playing ball real quick. You know what I mean, he's, he's eight, so it's not like you're not know, crazy. And so we're just playing ball real quick, and all of a sudden she said, "Well, I, are you trespassing on the golf course?" And we're like, "We're not even in your yard." You know what I mean? I heard all this happen. I'm like, "Oh, baby, get her, get her, Lindsay." You know, get her. And my wife was super nice and diplomatic. She said, "Okay, we'll get off." And it really stuck with me. She said, "Are you trespassing?" I'm going to call the Authorities. So today, the title of my message today is is property lines and formulas. Property lines and formulas. Last week I shared, If you come back next week, I'm going to share with you a formula that I have for a great relationship. Some of you guys are like, "I'll see you next week," you know. But before we talk about the relationship formula, we got to talk about property lines. We got to talk about boundaries you see we need boundaries in our life in order to achieve the goals we want so many of us we say in this room pastor i got some relationship goals there's some things i want i i I have a list i have this i have that there are some goals in my life when i scroll on instagram i go oh my goodness hashtag relationship goals that's what i want in my life but i'm here to tell you you'll never get that goal unless you have boundaries boundaries in your life boundaries Your life. See, boundaries or property lines help you to decide what is allowed, but also what is trespassing. What is trespassing? I'll give you a, a more relevant example. Maybe you, you know, summer's coming, it's 120 degrees, you know, in June and July. How many know it's hot in Vegas? And uh, summer's coming, so I gotta get out of my winter body. Can I get an amen, right? And I gotta get out of my winter body, I gotta get my summer body on. So what do I need to do? I need to maybe go to the gym, maybe get a gym membership, I think, I don't know. And uh, maybe I gotta watch what I eat, maybe I have to say no to sugar or fatty foods or breadsticks. sticks. Come on, somebody. Manna from heaven. You know, Like, maybe I got to say no to certain things, you know, so that I can achieve the result that I want. It's the same thing in our relationship. Boundaries or guidelines helps me to say no to what is wrong so I can say yes to what is right. Boundaries helps me to have a healthy outcome in my life. Boundaries, and sometimes we talk about boundaries in church, you know, and you're like, those are just rules. The boundaries are put in place to not punish us, but to help us to achieve healthy results. I'm not here today to punish anybody. I'm here today to help you achieve a healthy relationship, a healthy marriage, a healthy uh, dating relationship, a healthy engagement. I've seen engaged people fight. I'm like, red flag, you know, they're having a hard time now. But can we have a healthy relationship? But here's the thing. Boundaries must be established before the relationship. Otherwise, we won't have healthy boundaries during the relationship. Because what happens if you have no boundaries and you just jump into a relationship? Well, then after you're in that relationship, somebody breaks a rule or somebody does something wrong, what happens? You place a rule into place. How many know rules are, are invented because something happened, right? Like rules are defensive, not offensive. And so if somebody breaks rule, we go, new rule, (laughs) and then we write it down, right? If you ever start a business, right, or a school or whatever it is, you're like, we have 10 rules, and like five years later, we have have 26 rules. You're like, why? You're like, just because. Because one person did something, and it's now in the playbook, you know what I mean? We have rules for things. And so I'm here to tell you that when you read through the Bible, it's not rules, but anything forced is a rule. So my relationship with Jesus Christ, I read through God's Word and we can say, look at all these rules. It's not Ten Commandments, it's ten stinking rules. Look at all these rules I have. And I I begin to realize they're not rules, they're boundaries or guidelines to protect me, to protect me. See, rules are often put in place because something unexpected happens, but boundaries are put in place so that we can have healthy lives. You can see boundaries in the Bible in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Will you read with me? If you have your Bibles with you, uh, you can open them up to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 through 25. If you've got your phones or your Android, you can download the Uversion app. And I want you to follow along with me to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 through 25. And this is what it says And the Lord took the man. I'm mean, going tell the story of Adam and Eve, right? And so here's Adam, God created Adam from the dust of the earth. And he said, the Lord took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden. And man, right here, I mean, I couldn't help myself last service, but there is a relationship formula like right here. Ladies, listen to this. God put man in the garden to work it and to take care of it. Can I get an amen? amen. Right? Find somebody who works and takes care of stuff. Notice it did not say here that God put him in the garden of his mother and daddy, of his mommy and daddy's basement to play video games all day. It doesn't say that in there. I'm so sorry. I, I'm trying to preach Bible here today. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree of the garden. You have complete freedom. But you must not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat of it, then you will certainly die. Now, that die there doesn't mean if you eat it and all of a sudden you go into a sleeping beauty, sleeper, coma, or you physically die. God is saying when you eat of that forbidden fruit, then you will now have knowledge of sin, knowledge of what is bad. And the Lord said it's not good, though, for man to be alone. Can I get an Amen. Okay, guys, I need some help here, all right? Alright, you just missed the point, all right? So let me try that again. Man. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It is not good for man to be alone. This is a great series we're in, apparently. All right. I will make a helper suitable for him. Helper doesn't mean a slave, helper means someone who does life with you. So Genesis chapter 2 verse, uh, next one, it says, so the Lord God, he caused the man to fall in a deep sleep. Boy, sleep with your one eye open, all right? And while he was sleeping, he took the man's rib, one of his ribs, and he took it out, and he closed up in place of flesh. That is why a man leaves a his mo- father and his mother, and he is now united to his wife to become one flesh. So God took a rib out of Adam, it was barbecue, by the way, and took out a rib out of Adam, he made Eve. When Adam saw Eve, he said, whoa, man. That's how you get the word woman. And all of a sudden it says that they two become one flesh. Somebody brand new is like, it's a heresy. Don't worry about it. All right. Adam and his wife were both naked. And here's a relationship goal for today. And they felt no shame. They felt no shame. That's my prayer for many of you in this room, to go into our marriage, to go into our relationship. With no shame, with no shame. But remember, God had boundaries for them. God said you could have access to anything in the garden, except for the forbidden fruit. See, in every relationship, there's forbidden fruit. We know what we're not to touch, we know where not to go. I've realized without a property line, without a boundary, if everything is accessible, then nothing is special. If everything's accessible, then nothing is special. So chapter 3, it says, Now a serpent, this is the devil, he was more crafty than any other wild animals that God had made. And he said to the woman, and this could take place in our own relationship, did God really say? Is this, you know, like, yeah, you have boundaries because you were single, but now you met him or you met her. So did God really say? says, God, just get it, wipe away those rules, guidelines, or property lines, you know, because I think this is it. He said, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? From any tree in the garden? See, God placed boundaries in the garden so they could forever enjoy freedom. See, if everything's accessible, then nothing is special. But I'm here to tell you that the devil wanted them to have instant Gratification. See, instant gratification brings a lack of relationship. If you compromise now, you'll never have a foundation later. That now yells louder, but later lasts longer. So there's a biblical uh, uh, boundary right here in Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve, they crossed property lines, and therefore sin entered into the world. They both realized after they ate of the fruit that they were naked, they were full of shame, that you know what temptation can be, can feel good in the moment, but it it can cause death after. And so I you know there's lots of boundaries I could talk about. I talk with my wife. Like, what are some boundaries or suggestions that we can give to our church? And you know what? I've decided today to turn to many theologians on Facebook. Come on, somebody, right? Uh, Facebook. Now, I always preach against it, like I love Facebook, social media. You can follow me, at Jeremy Bosma, J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-O-S-M-A. Uh, you can follow me, and I love social media. But don't turn to others on Facebook for theological answers, but I thought this was too good. And so, I posted, what are your relationship rules? And so, we have married people commenting. We have single people commenting, engaged people commenting on my post, and here's some of their Boundaries or rules that they had in their life. First one was never go to bed angry. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's pretty good, right? The Bible says don't go to bed in your wrath, in your anger. I want to encourage you though that yes, you need to. You need to talk and make up and, and go to bed. But some of y'all, all right, I'm just preaching to my angry people today. Some of y'all, you, you just cannot, and this is not talking down or anything like that, but some of us, we, we cannot, we cannot uh, uh, close the argument down in our anger. So some of y'all do need to go to bed. So you wake up in the morning and say, I am so sorry. Amen. So that's okay. I love the second one. Never complain about each other or put one another down. Never complain about each other. You know, I learned this so early on in a relationship. Maybe you're close with your mom or your dad, and you leave your mother and father, and you're now married. But maybe in the first year or second year, something happens, you have a fight, and what happens? You call mama. Mom, you'll never understand what he did. He is so stupid. I can't believe it. Your mom's like, oh, my goodness, right? She's like, my baby caught me, you know? And and she's like, you're right. You're right. He's an idiot. You know what I mean? And, And like you guys complain to each other. But what happens is you hang up the phone, you go home, and you reconciliate. You make up. You're like, I'm so sorry. You're both crying and hugging, and and you love Jesus together. Amen. But what happens a week later when you both go over for dinner, mama's looking to stab your husband. (laughs) She never got to have closure, and she's thinking, oh, there's that son-in-law, huh, you know what I mean? Like, Like, my food tastes a little different tonight. You know what I mean? She's like, sleep, you know. So never complain about each other. Number three was fight fair. Fight fair, no name-calling, no bringing up the past. Listen to me, the more intimate you're with someone, the more you, you know exactly where their buttons are. Yep. You're like, oh, and some of you guys, you boast about winning the argument. Oh, I got this one error, I got this one button. If I push it, it's all over. I win. I'm here to tell you there's a way to fight fair. Never, you never, uh, I'm never alone with the opposite sex. Someone put down, someone else put down divorce is never an option. Divorce is never an option. I love that. Divorce is never ammunition in your relationship. Divorce is never a gun that you use. Now, death is an option. Could I get an amen? Yeah, yeah. Right? How'd your husband go? (laughs) In his sleep? You know what I mean? Like, call somebody if I'm out here next week. (laughs) But we never use divorce as ammunition. We never bring it up. It's never a threat. A single person, I love this, she put this down, uh, uh, in in her dating relationship, she said, only forehead kissing and only hand holding. I was like, girl, praise the Lord, come on, I'll sponsor you. You know what I mean? Like, but she has a property line in place. She has a standard before she gets into the emotions in that relationship. Uh, People put compromise. Compromise, communicate, communicate. And the one I like was leave my candy alone. Can I get an amen somebody, right? Like, that's my ice cream, all right? That's got my name on it in Jesus' name. But many said on my posts, many said this, I never thought about having a boundary. I never thought about having a rule in my relationship, in my relationship. So you have property lines. There's forbidden fruit all around, and you know what it is. But I also want to challenge you today. There's also property lines between you and your spouse. Now, this this little segment I'm going to go into that doesn't give you uh, permission to abuse, that doesn't give you permission to, to manipulate, but this gives you permission to know who you are in Christ. See, the Bible says after they ate of the fruit and God shows up and they're hiding. God's like, where are you? You know, he knows exactly where they're at. And God goes, where are you? And this is what it says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 12. And God was like, they ate of fruit. They disobeyed. They had the forbidden fruit. And the man said to God, God, the woman you put here with me. I love it, right? God's like, "What happened, bro?" I was like, you did, It's your fault that she's here. You, I, I was sleeping. Yeah, you know I mean, like, I was out cold, and you took a rib out of me, and made her. <laughs> it's because of her I ate the fruit. He said, "You gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it." You know what Adam's doing? He's crossing a property line, and he's blaming her. He's not accepting responsibility for his own actions. I've heard it all the time. If it weren't for you, I'd be more loving. If it weren't for you, I'd have more friends. If it weren't for you, fill in the blank. Because what happens when we cross the property line of our feelings or anger and we begin to blame their character? Instead of saying, God, work on my heart. It's not Eve's fault. Do we have to say, you know what, God? Forgive me. God, I'm so grateful you're a God of grace and mercy. That you love me and you'll forgive me. So I want you to put down this blank here. I put on the screens. I did blank. And this is what happens when we cross our property lines. I did blank because of you. Because of you, I did this. And what happens is we're literally, I, I picture like trash, and we're thrown in on the other person's property. This is because of you. Instead of saying, God, this is what I got. Will you help me to find freedom? Will you heal me? Will you restore me? See, boundaries, they provide freedom. Boundaries provide protection. Here's what I love about a dating relationship or a marriage relationship. You protect what you value. So we got our home. We got broken into in our first home that we had many years ago. And we got broken into, we felt violated. So you know what we did? We got an alarm system. Come on, somebody, right? All right, we got something, we, we turned to the Bible, and, and the Bible says, My peace I give to you. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Lord. Because we wanted to protect what we valued. It's not that I valued my home, some of you chill, stick a little, huh? It's not, that I, it's not that I valued my home, I valued my family. Amen. So, therefore, we got to value our relationships. Boundaries provide self control. And listen to me, I didn't say boundaries provide control of them. It says boundaries provide self control. That with my wife and I, I am responsible to her, but I'm not responsible for her. To become one flesh, but we all have our own unique identities in Christ. So, boundaries lead to here's three things that boundaries do. Boundaries lead to better communication. That I now know what the other person expects because we now have our property lines in place. Boundaries lead to better commitment. Commitment means protection, you protect what you value. Boundaries lead to better sex, to intimacy. I'm sorry I said the word today. I apologize. That's next week. But it begins to provide better intimacy. Did you know the highest level of sexual satisfaction are linked to marriage and traditional values? But the world is looking for the highest sexual satisfaction, and they're not getting that because they're not going through the biblical way. There's a, there is something to this. Traditionalists rank 30% higher in their sexual satisfaction than those who have no problem with sex outside of marriage so we're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. So we give it up for boundaries. Come on, property lines and boundaries. I don't want to encourage you today begin to write those down. If you're married today or a dating relationship today, don't be like, ah, nuts. We missed the boat. Begin to write down your boundaries. Begin to write down your property lines begin to write down you know, I, I just love it to me it was a revelation this week boundaries actually provide freedom because if everything's accessible <laughs> if everything's accessible then nothing is special nothing special so let's take what we value and put it in some boundaries. So here's the relationship formula. I don't even know what time it is. We're going to have a good day today. Come on, somebody. But here's our relationship formula. If you're single, dating, or engaged. So do me a favor. Raise your hand if you're single. Single people. I'm a single lady. Put your hands up. Put your hands up. Look around. This is what we got to work with. Come on, somebody. Right? Look at that. <laughs> NRP. Right? All right. Put your hands up. Put your hand back down. Now raise your hand if you're engaged. 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 My man. Right? Engaged. Engaged. Look at these two engaged people in this service. All right, right. I know a really good pastor, by the way. I know a good pastor who does weddings and stuff. All right, raise your hand if you're married. Again, again, guys. You had a moment. You could have had a great day. All right. So, dudes, because I heard a woo. Yeah, I mean, her guys like yeah, you know. All right, so let's try that again. All right, men, pull deep, right? Dig deep, dig deep. Don't give me a Raiders cheer, all right? I need a real cheer, all right? Ready? All right, ready you to have your married. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So here's the relationship formula. Number one, I want you to write this down, if you're single, dating, or engaged. Number one, relationship formula, they got to have a relationship with Jesus. they got to have a relationship with Jesus. Now, this kind of feels like a Sunday school answer, right? They're like, who died on the cross? Jesus. You're like, yes, you can go home now. But this this is obvious, but how many know it's hard? It's difficult. It's obvious, but it's hard. I have heard our single people, I've heard people say, there's just no Christians that are remotely attractive. (laughs) Don't say amen, please. (laughs) Don't. They're all taken up. They're all gone. They're all, everybody is hooking up. Everyone's swiping right. I'm going to get left behind. I said that can trigger word, you guys are like, oh my gosh, he knows. (laughs) But I understand, and trust me, hey, I get it. If you're going to be married to somebody, you're going to be married for a very long time. So I get waking up for 67 years every morning and going, "Ah!" right? I get it. Like, they got to look good. Come on, somebody. But they've got to have a relationship with Jesus. You know why? Because security and value only comes from God. Not, somebody else doesn't, can't tell me who my, who, what my value is. I can't find security in a person or an individual. Only in Jesus. Here's what I love about my wife. And this happened. This is, I, I fell in love with her before we were dating, before we got married. Here's what I love about my wife. My wife, know, she knows who she is in Christ. She knows who she is in Christ. I'll be like, babe, you're a child of God. She's like, oh, I know, you know, like. But I love that because she knows her value. She knows she's God's masterpiece. She knows she was created anew in Christ Jesus for good works. She doesn't need me, but therefore she loves me. We learned in the first week that she doesn't need me to complete her. Jesus already completes her. We complement one another. See, a relationship with Jesus helps you to know your true value. So I want you to write this down today. When you learn how much you're worth, you'll stop giving out discounts. I'm about to say that slower, right? Once you begin to realize how much you're worth, you'll stop giving people discounts. I'm a child of God. I got some boundaries. I have property lines. I have things in place to know that I have a relationship with my Savior. So, security value comes from Jesus. Be someone who prays and reads their word. Prays and reads their word. Number three, a churchgoer. Someone who goes to church. And I get it. It's like, hey, uh, I met somebody. Oh, that's so great. And maybe we'll have counseling or premarital counseling. And then, and then what church you go to? Well, he, he doesn't go to church, but he looks good. Come on, somebody. But he's got somebody who goes to church. Don't tell me what you are, show me who you are. I'm a Christ follower. Well, are you serving? Is my next one. Watch for those who serve. That if if they're serving at their local church, I'm not just saying Avenue, all right? But if they serve in their local church and they're serving with with no accolades, I don't want any recognition, guess what? If they could serve their Jesus, they could serve you. They could be someone who will help in the relationship. I'm here to tell you, Growth Track takes place today at the meet and greet. (laughs) Okay, tough crowd. All right, I'll back up. (laughs) So number one is relationship with Jesus. But number two, someone's got to be equally yoked. Equally yoked. See, in the Old Testament, talks about don't be unequally yoked with someone else. That old biblical term a yoke was a board that would placed on the necks of two oxen, and two oxen would plow a field, and that one that one board would connect the two. And so, the reason why if they were equally yoked, they got stuff done. But what happens if two oxen are yoked together and the oxen say, you know what, I don't want to listen to my master. I'm going to go this way. And if he decides to go this way, this one's listening to the master. Say, I want to go this way. All of a sudden there's going to be a tug of war that's going to take place. That's what it means to be unequally yoked. I have a relationship with Jesus, but they do not. I have a goal in mind, but they do not. I want to go this way, but they want to go this way. And what's going to happen is you're not going to get anywhere. You're going to be stuck. You're going to be stuck. I'm here, I'm here to tell you, yoke helps me to not drag someone along. You know what? Come on, come on, let's go to church today. Come on, let's go surf together today. Let's read our word together. Let's, let's pray together. And there are seasons where, you know what, Lindsay, I need you to hold me up, and I'll hold you up. There's seasons, but you got to understand, early on, you can't be dragging someone along. But it's football Sunday. Go Bears. Come on, somebody, right? It's, it, but this is happening, or I'm busy, or I got something in my life. I'm not to drag somebody. I need someone who's going to compliment. But I might be also talking about you today, too. You're like, amen, right? Give me a godly man, right? Well, you got to be godly as well. It says you got to be equally yoked. I'm not saying be perfect. We're perfect, right, babe? I'm not saying be perfect, but I'm saying have the same goal. For both of you, for both people in the relationship to know God. Number three is my last one. Like I said, I can go 20 or 30 on this, but number three is trust. It's trust. It's trust. If you're both pursuing a relationship with Jesus, then you both should be able to trust one another. Because our trust comes through the Father. Here's what I love about my wife. I trust my wife to obey God's word. And in God's word, it says she won't look at another man. In God's word, it says she'll go after the heart of God. I trust her. I trust my wife. Because the same Bible that we both believe sets the standard, sets the boundaries. The source of trust is always Jesus. I got permission to tell the story, but... There's a married couple that came to our church. They came about a year and a half ago, close to two years. Someone invited them, and the husband's like, I don't want to go, I don't do church. And uh, just they, they have a, uh, just a powerful story of, of just how terrible their relationship used to be, their lifestyle used to be. So he came to Avenue Church, and at the end of the service, he raised his hand. We didn't embarrass him, we just put his hand up, put it right back down. Every service, I'll go, it's just, who wants to accept Jesus? Put his hand up, put it right back down, gave his heart to the Lord. A couple weeks later, he went into Girl growth track. Graduated from growth track, started serving on our crew. After serving on our crew, he got into a small group, found some men in our church that were equally yoked with him, he began to grow in his relationship with Jesus. It was really cool that one of the stories they told me was, I was there um, on that night where she, he wanted to go out with his, his boys. And so he went out with his men, small group, and they had a guy's night out. Right? A Christian guy night out. Woo! Right? And so they went out. That night, he didn't hear from her. He had fun with his guys from a small group at Avenue Church. Enjoyed his night. Came back home, and she was sleeping in her bed. And he was like, I've never seen that happen before. You know what I mean? Like, babe. Went to bed. She later shared with us that she said that was the first time in our marriage that I trusted him. The first time in our marriage that I didn't have to stay up and worry, afraid he was cheating on me, afraid he was doing something he wasn't supposed to do. She said it was the first time in my marriage, I didn't have to like bug his phone. Yeah you know I mean like, like, what you do, girl? you know? She said it was the first time in our marriage that I went to bed with peace. Church, I love that. I love that. That's a relationship goal. For people to know God. So they could find freedom. And notice I didn't say he got a new marriage. <laughs> notice I didn't say, my Felicia, I'm gonna get another one. She's equally yoked with me. <laughs> but she trusted him Amen. because of Jesus, Amen. because of Jesus, because of Jesus. I have to close. and There's so much more. Next week I'm going to share the, the marriage formula that I have here. But do, from time I got to close this thing out. But here's a vision that I want you to have for your marriage. I want you both as as a married couple, I want you to know God. I also want you to find freedom. Find freedom from your past. Allow God to heal the hurts so you can have a great marriage today. I want God to help you discover your purpose, not just as individuals, that's what we want, but together as a couple, so that together you can make a difference. I've seen something powerful take place when couples serve together. Yeah. It was awesome to see couples at the Dream Center this weekend serving together. And I get it. There's seasons where one can't go and all that. I, get, I totally understand. But that's my relationship goal for you today. So will you stand with me, please, and i want to close out with a scripture, and I would love to pray over you today. Stay with me, please. Remember next week, talk about sex. If we're gonna talk about a little bit about the marriage formula, and we're gonna have water baptisms next week. We're gonna be dunking people. I'm excited for that. If we're gonna have a water baptism party. But here's what I love, and I, I'm like looking at some weddings we're about to be doing here. Come on, and I love that at every wedding that officiate, we have fun, we enjoy. It. It's a ceremony. It's a celebration. But I always open up with 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I love the scripture because this is what we use at weddings. We talk about love. And this love is between a husband and a wife that we talk about. But I want to use this in context to to its original intent. And that is love between you and the Father. Formulas won't work. Boundaries won't work unless you have the love of God. In In the book of John, it begins to say, if you don't know God, there's no way you can know love. So this is what I want to read over today, kind of like we're doing a wedding. And I want you to just take a moment to yourself. That this this scripture right here is not for the relationship, it's for you. Whether you're single, married, divorced, widowed, whatever status you're in, this is for you today, between you and Jesus. So bow your heads, close your eyes. I would love to read this. It says 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it is not rude. It is not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. Father, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for every individual that's in this house. The Father, I thank you that no matter where we're at in this journey, whether we're with someone or we lost someone, whether it's just me and Jesus, the Father, I'm so grateful that you have a plan for our life, that you died on our cross 2,000 years ago because of love. God, thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for being kind to us. Thank you for not being angry with us. Thank you for not keeping record of wrong. Father, thank you for rejoicing in your truth. God, thank you for protecting us and trusting us and, and, and placing hope inside of us. Because, God, I know you'd never fail us. With every head, bowed, your eye closed, maybe you're here today. You walked in this room today and you said, Those are, "That's a great formula, Pastor." But I need number one for myself. I need a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you walked in this room today with no hope, no purpose, just hurting on the inside. But you had, you, you see a glimmer of hope today. Maybe you've forgotten how much God does love you. Man, I would love the honor to pray with you today. Am I going to embarrass you? Am I going to single you out? I'm just going to ask you to put a hand up, put it right back down so I can point at it and partner with you and pray for you and believe in you. that's you today, just put a hand up, put it right back down. Yes. Anyone else? Up. Right back down. Yes. Yes. Up. Right back down. That's all I need. Anyone else? Yes. I see you. Anyone else? Up. Right back down. Come on. You can give a clap today. Anyone else? It's amazing. Amazing. I love this church because I love how much you love Jesus. And so, everyone, let's pray this prayer together. Because I many know we don't do life alone. We don't pray alone. Everyone say that. Say, Jesus, say, I need you. Say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. So, today, I receive your forgiveness. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, be number one. Say, with all my heart. The best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, I now know who I am. Say, I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God.